I don't want to do it. I, it's not going to feel good to do it right now. I'm not going to believe it, but I'm going to do it anyway until I get to a better place. Welcome to the space between the middle path between East and West, psychology and spirituality, high performance and inner peace. Hey everyone, welcome to the Space Between podcast. I'm Clint Monfort, here as always with my co-host Katie Cheadle. And today we are talking with Alexis Doss. Alexis is a holistic health coach and a self-described tough love coach. And I'm so interested to dive into that approach with you um, as we talk today. But to start off, I would just love to hear a little bit, Alexis, about um, uh, your journey into coaching, how that evolved. I know you have an interesting backstory, so I would just love to hear you tell that in your own words. And yeah, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited. And sorry if you hear my bulldog snoring, he's sitting behind me and sometimes he snores really loud. So if you hear a weird sound, that's definitely him. But um, yeah, so whenever I tell my story, I, I like to just start it off like in, in college. Um, Mm -hmm. I went to school to be a high school history teacher and like the end of my senior year, I realized, oh my God, I don't like kids as much as I thought I did. And I don't want to do this. (laughs) And so I had this quarter life crisis and I was like, oh my God, freaking out. Um, but I decided to just finish, you know, the, the next four months I got my degree at the time. Um, when I was having my quarter life crisis, I was also dating this guy, which I didn't realize at the time, because when you're in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship, you don't really see it, but all my friends saw it, my family saw it, but I didn't. And so combine the quarter life crisis with a super controlling and emotional boyfriend. I ended up moving from, I went to school kind of near Villanova. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I moved from the East coast to the West coast with him. Um, we were going to like, he lived in Washington, which is weird that I live here now because I've moved a million places since then, but I flew to Washington and we were going to drive down the coast and we were going to live in this house and all these things that he told me, but it's a pathological liar. And so once we drove all the way down the coast and we got there, the place that he said was going to be there just didn't exist. So oh, we wow. ended up sleeping in our car for like three months in like just the streets of LA. It was never like actually like on, on the streets, like without, you know, shelter, we at least had the car. Um, right. But it was just, you know, it was that we were, you know, just sleeping in random parking lots, like cops constantly wow. like knocking on the window, like telling us we had to move. I would wake up in the morning and go um, like into Target or into the grocery store to like brush my teeth. And I would like put it in my purse and like pray to God that no one walked in the bathroom. So I wouldn't be embarrassed. Oh I was gosh. brushing my teeth in the bathroom. Um, and we didn't really have any place to shower. So we would go to the beach, um, like where they had the, the beach showers and I would yep. like shower in my bathing suit. That's and a I remember, good strategy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I remember thinking like I would be doing it and there would be like other like homeless people there. But like in my head, I didn't like consider myself like homeless. And I'd be, it was just like weird. Now looking back, I was like, it was just, just the same as them, except, you know, I had a car, I was sleeping in my car, but, um, eventually I got out of that relationship, even though during that I had developed two eating disorders, I was struggling with bulimia and binge eating. So like being homeless, emotionally abusive, super controlling boyfriend, like would we drive around and we'd get in arguments and he'd kick me out of the car and leave. And then wait till I was finished with my attitude and then text me and be like, are you done? And then would come pick me up to like, save me. It was really, really, it wasn't, it wasn't a good place. So uh, eventually I got out of that relationship. I was still struggling with the eating disorder. And the reason why I mentioned the eating disorder is because it's kind of what really led me to where I am now, because I realized that I needed to start taking care of myself because I just didn't like the way that I was treating myself. Didn't like the way I felt. I was 
super like the, the, the tough love coach really stems from the person that I needed at that time. I was so like, pity party. And not that like things weren't hard, but there were plenty of opportunities for me to like pick myself back up. But like, I would, you know, meet somebody at like the coffee shop and like, you know, we'd talk because I'm really extroverted. So I would like talk to people and they would be like, oh, well, I, you know, I have this, I remember this one lady telling me that like, she had a job that I could take just like sweeping hair at like the hair salon. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. And she was like, so you're telling me you're sleeping in your car. I'm giving you an opportunity and you don't want to do that. And she was like, I can't help you. And it was when she said that to me, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I just realized I couldn't stay in this place of being the victim. Um, and also after all of that, cause that was like in the summer of 2012 in February of 2013, I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it's just something that can cause weight gain, infertility, a bunch of different issues. It's very hormonal thing. And that compounded with getting out of the relationship compounded with being, having those eating disorders. That was when I was like, okay, I got to get my life together. So I just started taking care of myself, starting to do more research about like how I could help my body in a natural way. Like I didn't want to take, you know, medicine and all of that. Um, and so I just started sharing my journey on social media and it's really been like just history ever since I just, I, I always have loved like coaching and teaching people. And I feel like all the stuff that I went through, I realized that I didn't have to suffer as long as I did. And I held myself there. Right. Not that things weren't hard, but there were plenty of opportunities and things. I just, just, it was eat. And I teach people this all the time. It, a lot of us stay in this space of being uncomfortable or whatever, because it it's comfortable to just stay where you are than admit that you need to change and make those changes. It's more comfortable to just stay where you are. So that's kind of like what brought me to doing what I do today. Wow. That is, that is a fascinating story. And <laughs> from what depths you've come and to see your stuff on Instagram now, it just look, it just looks like you are just a living a completely different life. And that's just, it's so inspiring to hear you pick yourself up from that place and, and just move to where you are. Um, so how long have you been coaching for now? Um, I have been coaching for, well, I do, I do a few different kinds of coaching, but I've been just coaching people in, in all different ways for probably a little over eight years. Re more recently over the past three years, I've dug deeper into like the one-on-one, -on -one, like tough love life coaching thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because my, my other coaching is more of like, you know, just overall wellness, fitness and nutrition. And I realized that, that a lot of people that were coming to me, like in my DMS and asking me questions, didn't really have to do with the wellness side. Like they knew they wanted to get better at that, but it was these, it was the habits. It was like, why am I self-sabotaging? Why am I getting in my own way? Right. And I was like, I figured out how to not do that anymore. And not that mm -hmm. I, don't, you know, don't, we we're, we're never perfect, but like, I was like, I figured out how to do this. Like I want to be able to help people so they don't stay there as long. So yeah. So about eight years, but more recently with like the tough love thing has been over the past like two or three years. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's all so related, right? Like you're talking about getting, getting people to change their behaviors. Right. And I mean, that, that is, you can't really have health and health coaching and, and wellness without, without that foundation. Right. I mean, yeah. that is people know, people know what they're supposed to do for the most part. Maybe they don't, maybe they need some, a little bit of guidance in what should I eat? What should I not eat? You know, but really the, the it is getting that, getting that behavior change to happen, which is where the, the coaching comes in. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing that, especially with this new program that I have is so many people are like, oh, you know, I, I, I tried to, I try to eat healthy for, you know, a few weeks and then I fall off or I try to do my workout for a little bit and I fall off or mm-hmm. whatever the habit is, they try to do it for a little bit and then fall off. And it's never really that like, they're not capable or they suck at it most of the time. And this is where the tough love comes in. It's like, and am I allowed to curse on here? I don't, I don't want to yeah. sure, yes. watch myself. Okay. But I'm like, bitch, like you tried it for like three weeks and you're upset that it didn't work. Did you get like this from doing whatever it was that you were doing? And so many people just aren't patient enough. I, I, I'm a firm believer that the world we live in today with like social media, like we can push a button and get a car to our house and order food and we can swipe left or right and date people. And we're so stuck in this mode of like, we want things right now. So people are trying to start a business, start a podcast, do this. And they give it like two months. And they, like, if you don't open up a restaurant, you don't even like get in the green for like the first three years. Like you usually are losing money in those first three years. And it's just mind boggling to me that people aren't willing to like stick with it. So it's, it's really that so many, everybody's capable of the things that they want. They're either just not patient enough, uh, cause they want it right now, or they just haven't they want it to be easy too. They want to try it because they see again, social media, people trying things and it just, it looks like they, it came to them really easy. And it's like, no, they've behind the scenes been doing this for a really long time. So my goal with like my, my coaching is also to help people realize, like get out of their own way. Cause usually it's just themselves. And then a lot of times, sometimes it's like the, the deeper rooted self-worth or whatever it is that's getting in the way. But, but yeah, it's kind of long answer. Alexis, I, I agree with you that, um, man, like things don't magically happen, right? Like there's so much work and I was, I love your website and all your branding and everything you do. And I was on your website and I'm, I'm just going to like read what you wrote, but you said that you used to be a depressed, insecure, bad bitch to a thriving bad bitch who owns her missteps and moves through life with ease and confidence. And I want to like, I want to go there a little bit of like how how did you do that? Cause that didn't magically happen. And someone looking at you now is like, Oh my God, she is so high energy. She's so confident. She's putting all these videos out there. So can you talk about like how, how you did get out of your depression and some of those challenges to like the Alexis we see today? Yeah, that's definitely, I get that a, a lot where people are like, you know, how do I, how do I build my confidence or how are you so confident? And I'm like, you should see the content that I made like for the first year of really starting my Instagram. Cause I've been coaching for eight years, but I've been on social media for almost 11. Okay. And so I've had Instagram like before it was cool. And <laughs> like the, the first year of me really like sharing, I wouldn't share my face. I would just like cut my head off. And like, I would share everything like or I would just show other things because I wasn't confident enough. Um, but I think that the, the process to get here, a million things, this is something I also teach with, with my clients is like, let's use wellness for an example. Like you want to get better. You want to lose weight or you want to just feel better physically. And they're like, Oh, oh, I found this apple cider vinegar in the morning with lemon juice and cayenne pepper. Like, let me do that because they think it's just that that will help them get the results. It's not that that doesn't work, but it's not the only thing. It's a mixture of all the little things. So there's a bunch of things, but one of the main things that changed my life was personal development and just digging into reading. I hate reading. And so when personal development was first like brought up to me, I was like, I don't, what what is this? The eighties? Like I need a self-help book. Like I just didn't really understand what it was. And I also was in this place of, well, I'm, I know what I need to do. Why, why do I need to read a book to tell me? 
And it wasn't until I got out of that, like, I, you know, now I'm in a place where I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. Like I want to be surrounded by people that are doing better than me, smarter than me, so they can raise me up. So once I kind of got out of that way, and that was just really just, again, like moments where, like I told you that, that lady that said something to me that kind of was like a slap in the face, which again, it's the reason why I do the tough love. Cause sometimes you can hear something a million times if somebody says it the right way. And then it just makes sense. So personal development was a big one. And then once I started digging into that, I started getting into more of like the spiritual journey. So like meditation, I'm a big believer in affirmations. I think the affirmations are the cheat code to life. Um, because when you're struggling, when you're like, okay, I'm here, I want to get over here, but like, I don't believe that I can saying affirmations, literally like there's the scientific side of it. And then there's like the woo woo side of it, but it literally trains your brain to start believing things that you don't believe at the moment, but you can kind of bring yourself to, it's not that you just say, you know, I have a million dollars and it falls into your lap, but you're just putting a focus. You're taking off the negative blinders because you're saying these positive affirmations that constantly are putting the good and opportunity in front of you that were always there, but you were so negative beating yourself down all the time that you couldn't see them. So really started with personal development. It really started with, you know, the, the meditation affirmation and, and just digging into that. And then the other thing that I like to talk about is so much when we're trying to, you know, go for a new career or whatever it is, again, start a podcast or become a life coach or just get better in our relationships. We think that it takes like, let me work on my confidence and belief first. Let me get that. And then I'll take action, but it's not It's the opposite way. It's let me take action. Even when it's uncomfortable, even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm scared and the belief and confidence will come later because action equals success. Because before most people aren't seeing success because they simply aren't taking enough action. So take the action, it'll give you the success and then you'll have the belief and confidence. And then it's a cycle that just repeats. So for me, the sharing on social media I, I know some people have a bad rep with social media and, and you have to be smart with it, but I do think that the accountability for me that I used it for was the thing that kind of launched me into, I don't really feel like posting this. I don't really feel like sharing, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then it kind of trickled into it. So I feel like it'd be a mixture of personal development, spiritual journey, and then just action first. Then the belief and confidence came later versus doing it the other way. Yeah. I love I, I love this like idea of affirmations. I use affirmations. Clint uses affirmations, but there's also like, um, there's also this idea of like, okay, but I actually have to acknowledge that life kind of sucks right now, or I'm suffering or I'm pain or else I don't like, I can't just be like, I'm, I have a six figure coaching business. Like I'm so yeah. happy and beautiful. Right. So it's like, can you talk about how you help people arrive in the place where it's like, okay, we can kind of lean into the feeling of loving my body or being that successful coach. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I think this is a kind of like a two-part thing. The first is that you, and this is what I really dig into with my clients is, is digging to the root. It's like, okay, so I'm procrastinating and I'm not doing the things I want to do. And I hate my life and I want it to be different, but I'm just not doing it because again, I'm procrastinating. So instead of trying to figure out how can we get you to stop procrastinating? Cause that's a bandaid on the problem. It's the other way. It's why are you procrastinating in the first place and not the surface level? Why? Cause everybody's looking for the, you know, Oh, it's because I'm just stressed out from work and it's no, it's, it's, you keep asking why until you get to the deeper rooted reason, which can be a, uh, you know, I'm procrastinating. Well, why are you procrastinating? Because I, you know, I, I just don't feel like, why don't you feel like it? Well, and then you get down to like, 
well, I don't feel worthy because, you know, my parents told me when I was younger that I would never amount to anything. And now I have a constant fear of it's never going to be good enough. So why even bother trying this if I know I'm going to fail? And it's sometimes it's, just a, you know, an unconscious thing or it's the fear of success. If I, you know, I start, what if I actually see success and then I have responsibility on my plate that I don't know how to handle? So I think that is the first piece of it. If you're afraid to like, you know, why are you not saying the affirmations or why is it so hard for you? If you, if you're beating yourself down so much, let's figure that out first. Cause I'm not going to get you to, you know, jump into these affirmations hardcore if you can't even get past this like mental hum. So it's really figuring out what is the root of why you feel that way. Um, and then also kind of like I shared with the action, it's a little bit of faking it till you make it. Um, I don't think you can apply the faking it till you make it to everything, but I think you can apply it to a lot. So like affirmations, when you say them, you don't want them to be so unbelievable that it's hard for you to believe. Like if you're making, you know, $0 and you say, you know, I'm making six figures, it's not necessarily, you're not going to really believe it. So you can kind of just bring it down a little bit to something that's a little bit more realistic and then you can change them. I change my affirmations all the time. So I think it's doing a little bit of that because the, the way affirmations work, there's like the spiritual side of it, but the scientific side of it, there's something called the RAS in the brain. It's the reticular activating system. It like connects like your brainstem and your cerebellum and all this stuff. But basically the way I like to explain it is the layman's term is if you imagine two people driving down a road and one of them is really hungry and the other one like just broke up with their significant other and they're like looking for a cute date and you're driving down a main strip where there's restaurants and people COVID's not going on so like there's there's lots more people out um the person who's really hungry they're gonna smell like the french fries they're gonna see this restaurant they're gonna see this the person who is looking for a cute date is gonna see the group of guys over there and the group of guys over there and the restaurant and the guys both exist but the person but the people are hyper focused on i'm really hungry or i want a date. So what affirmations do, even when you don't fully believe them, even when you feel like crap, you say them and it, it starts to take these negative blinders off. And you're like, wow, like all these things were here. I was just beating myself up so much that I didn't see it. So it's getting to the root, but also kind of like, again, this is the tough love and my coaching is definitely not for everybody. But like, if I had somebody that was like that, I'd be like, if you want this to work, you need to have a conversation with yourself and suck it up right now. It's not going to, you're not going to believe it. It's going to be awkward. I teach my clients, they have to go through the puberty of their goals. If you are trying to wake up in the morning and you hate waking up in the morning, you have to go through the period of however many weeks it takes for it to become a habit. You're not going to want to do it. It's going to suck. People go into, I'm, you know, I want to wake up early in the morning and then they try it for a few days and they're like, oh, I just really struggle with it. It must not be for me. No, that's not the case. You just didn't give it enough time. Go through the awkwardness of your, the puberty of your habits and let it be uncomfortable. Set 15 different alarms, like put sticky notes up and get to the point where it becomes second nature. So I know it was like a super long answer to your question, but I feel like there's kind of like some levels to it. Cause especially if you're in a really negative space and you're really struggling with depression and all of that, um, it can be really hard to just like say yes to those things. And if you're really, really struggling, I'm a big advocate for, for therapy, but it really is just about, I don't want to do it. I, it's not going to feel good to do it right now. I'm not going to believe it, but I'm going to do it anyway until I get to a better place. So yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think too, it's like being mindful of your thoughts. Cause that person that like, you know, thinks they're never finding the guy or the person that's like never finding the good food. It's like, they don't even sometimes realize that like, the thoughts that you're saying are like, I don't deserve, or I'll never, you know, I'll never find him or whatever. We, so I think there's like some 
bringing it like to the forefront of like, what stories am I telling myself? Right. Exactly. I, I love this. I'm a big like person that understands like metaphors whenever I explain things, but like for myself, so maybe that's why I use them all the time. But another way I like to explain, like, cause I'll ask people, are you saying affirmations? And if they haven't, they'll be like, Oh no, I'm not. And I'm like, but you are, you just don't realize you're only right. saying negative ones. Right. And so like, imagine like you wake up in the morning and there's two different people and two different universes. And one person wakes up late for work and they're, they're like, shit, oh my God, I'm going to be late. And, and they're like pushing their kids around. They're like, oh my God, we're going to go. I'm probably going to hit every red light. And now that I'm late for work, uh, you know, Susie's going to talk to me at the water cooler and she's going to be such a bitch. And I'm just going to have the worst day. Right. Then you have the other person who wakes up and they're like, shit, I'm late for work, but it's cool. We're going to get there. We're going to, we're going to, all the green lights are going to, are going to be there. I'm going to have a good day at work. And they like are priming themselves, even though they're kind of pissed that they're late. Who do you think is going to have the better day? nothing really changed other than how they spoke to themselves, but you really bring into existence, like what you speak about. So it's, it's really the truth. Uh, yeah, we are storytellers. There is no doubt. Um, I love what you said about, you know, what really changes people's lives is a bunch of little things. And I saw too, on like some of your website and some of the things it's like, breaking phone addiction, you share healthy recipes, workout videos, how to have a spiritual morning, emotional eating, self-love. And I'm like, oh, these are like all the things. And I, not to, not to put you on the spot right now, but if you, had, if you had to pick like the one that like you feel is the most powerful when it comes to changing people's life, what, what is the one little thing that you're like, man, if you could do this, this would, you'd get the biggest bang for your buck. I want to say personal development because it, if I like, if I go like a few days without reading, which is rare, I always feel like crap, but that would have been my answer before. But recently, just especially during COVID, I think what really would change people is their morning routine and, and, and with like their phone, we wake up first thing in the morning and we just put our phones in our face and, and we, we consume everybody else's like time and attention. So it's really about like, I think if you have a, if you start your morning, right, like the rest of your day goes pretty well. So I think personal development, like can be included in that, but I, but the first thing I get any of my one-on-one clients to do and nobody ever says they are doing this. Like I always ask the question, like our first meeting is, you know, what are your phone habits right before bed and right as soon as you wake up? And almost everybody's like, I scroll to fall asleep. And then I pick it up first thing in the morning because they use it as an alarm. And I say, no more. 20 minutes before bed, no phone. 20 minutes after you wake up, no phone. You can do what, I mean, I want you to get to the point. Like I don't touch my, I wake up at like 6.30ish. Um, and I don't touch my phone until probably about like eight or eight 30, like don't, it's not in my room. I don't know where it is. I don't, I don't touch it at all. Um, and it's life-changing because you start to make yourself a priority. You don't put everybody else's like stress. Like, cause it, the thing about like phones and I'm actually doing like this free, like three day training on like breaking your phone addiction, because so much of how we are addicted to our phones, like, you know, we wake up in the morning and we pick up our phone and we, we look at it and we think we're only going to look at one thing, but while we're looking at the one thing, a text message pops up. So then we click on the text message and then we're talking about something. And then your mom asks you like, Oh, where did you get that thing? And you're like, oh, fine, I'll Google it for her. And then you go to Google and you type it up and then you see an ad and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I, I, th I thought I needed that. So you go to that. And then you're on the website shopping for a bit. And then it's like 45 minutes later. And that one thing that you thought you were going to do. So it's, 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 it's so much about you're not 
incapable of being productive or having a good morning routine. You're just making it more difficult on yourself when it comes to your phone. So, so yeah, so personal development kind of be like snuck in there in terms of a part of your morning routine. But I really think like our phones, like right before bed and when we wake up are like, if you can do that. It will make a huge difference. And we don't really think that it will, but I can promise you it really does. All right. I love, I love that you, that you suggested people to do it for 20 minutes. Um, you know, only because that is so much more doable. I hear people a lot and I've, I've tried to do this in the past too, where I'm like, I'm not going to be on my phone for an hour or two hours or no screens for two hours before bed. And it's just too difficult. And then, and then I don't do it. And then what happens, I end up being on my phone until right before I go to sleep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Make it just 20 minutes. Everyone's like, I can do that. Right. And then once they get that down, then maybe expand it a little bit, right? Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing with like anything, <laughs> you know, I, whether I teach it on my Instagram or with my clients, it's so much about like, just do a little bit again. I, I come back to this theme of you're not incapable. You're just making it harder on yourself by either like giving yourself too many distractions or trying like when, when people are trying to, you know, get healthy or whatever, they're like for the next 30 days, no alcohol, no sugar, no carbs, no takeout, no nothing. And when we restrict in that sense, whether it be food or something else, we're like toddlers. Like, you you know, the you have two toddlers in a room and, and one's playing with a toy and you tell the toddler you can't play with that toy. Then all of a sudden the kid wants to play with that toy. So when we restrict and we tell ourselves we can't have it or we overwhelm ourselves by setting goals that, and I'm all about stretch goals and like challenging yourself. But if you have been going the past three years with the first thing you do every day is pick up your phone. Don't say you're going to try to do it two hours without your phone. It's going to be right. really difficult. Start small. And then you can add it on. Cause what it does is it builds trust in yourself and you're like, okay, I can do this, which again is the action then act, you know, the belief and confidence comes later. Right. I'm curious about how you go about identifying what is the right amount of like difficulty with still being doable. Like for example, with exercise or with an eating change, I mean, how do you go about finding that, that threshold or that point? So it's, I'm a big believer, whether, whether it be workouts or nutrition, that everybody's totally different. This idea where people who are, you know, paleo or keto or vegan, and they're like, everybody needs to be it. Like I would love to be vegan, but animal protein feels so much better to me. I went vegan and I like got really, really sick. Like it just didn't respond well to my body. So when it comes to finding like the challenges or whatever, you have to pay attention and and have that good mind body connection, which a lot of people don't have. So there's little things that you can do to start to, I constantly use this theme in a lot of my Instagram posts, um, where I talk about like flexing your something muscle. So like flexing your, I don't care what people think about me muscle or flexing your like whatever muscle. So like, let's use working out for an example. Like if you, you know, haven't really been, you know, working out, but you want to work out because you want to, you know, feel better. You have to pay attention to how your body responds. If you, and, and try it out for a little bit. If you do, you know, a few cardio workouts and you feel really good, then increase it or, you know, jump high or squat or whatever it is. If you do lifting and, you know, or, or dance or yoga and you feel like it, your body doesn't respond as well to it, then listen to it in that sense. The more you do it, the more you flex the muscle of, I can listen to my body. We're so connected to all the other things in the, you know, our phones and other people that we have a hard time checking in with ourselves. So the more you check in with yourself with, with simply like you're eating a meal, 
okay, how do I feel? Am I full yet? Instead of just like, you know, scobbling down your food, which I have a problem with. It's like the thing I need to work on. Cause I eat way too fast. Um, me and my fiance can like go out to eat and we can finish like appetizers, drinks, dinner, and dessert in like 45 minutes. It's really good. Um, yeah. But like just taking a second to pause and check in with yourself, you'll find out what is kind of best for you. And then once you find that new threshold, then you can say, do I want to push a little bit further or am I cool with where I'm at? Just because you see people doing workouts where they're doing like CrossFit crazy things, like if that works for them, cool, but you don't have to be that person. If you feel good with like keeping your heart rate at like at a certain level or you feel good eating a certain kind of food, then just keep doing that. But I think it's very much about the mind body connection and paying attention to how you feel and then asking yourself, do I want to push myself or am I good with where I'm at? So, right. Yeah, I love, I love that you were talking about, um, you know, just taking it back a second to talking about personal development and how that was so impactful for you and how books were so impactful. Uh, and I, I was the same way. I was, I didn't like to read. I, I was a lawyer. I went to law school. I read way too many books. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm never reading again. Right. Like yeah, yeah. fuck reading. Right. <laughs> and I, you know, I eventually was wanting to make some changes in my life and I'm like, well, I need some answers somewhere and I don't have someone to just tell me all day long every day. So might as well try these things that are apparently packed full of knowledge. Right. Like, let me mm-hmm. try one out. And then and then I read one and then I read it. And when I used to think like, maybe like you were thinking that, you know, oh, well, what do they know? They're just trying to sell a book or whatever. And then you read it and you're like, wow, this is someone who actually went through things I can totally relate to, dove deep into it, consulted resources, pulled it all together. And I just got a wealth of knowledge in this book that cost me 10 or $15, right? It cost them thousands and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of dollars to create. And just as soon as I realized how much, you know, you can just make life easier by listening to someone who went through the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like no different than talking to like a wise old old person who has experience from living on this earth for so long. Like, why wouldn't we want to talk to them? And and I think people have this resistance to reading for whatever reason, but once they break through and do it and actually learn and connect with it and see how impactful it is, it it you know it just it can be, it can be life-changing. And so it's, it's so cool that you notice that. And so is that something that you um, like really encourage your clients to do? And are, are there any books that you recommend to them or um, does it kind of just on a person by person basis? Yeah. So really quick about the comment you said about like, you know, why we might not be, you know, listening to them. Um, I think ego is such a big thing for us. Like we don't realize how much our ego is getting in our way. So like doing meditations on ego, um, you know, reading books on that. One of my favorite books is the four agreements. Uh, I think it's like a book everybody should read like once a year. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorites, but I think a lot of it is just that we, we either think that we, we know it all, but it really boils down to us wanting to like be the one that figures it out. Or we, cause if we get help, it feels like weakness when it's not, you know what I mean? Like any person that you ask, that's really successful. Like, you know, these big time entrepreneurs or people that start these incredible businesses. Like I'm a really big fan of, um, I can't think of their names right now, but the people who created Airbnb and BarkBox, like they, when you see interviews with these people, they constantly talk about how they're always reading and they're, you know, they, they say like, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. So it's always funny to me when, when not like smaller people, but people who are struggling with where they want to go are denying these things. It's like, 
the people who are successful, why wouldn't you listen to them when you're not where you want to be? Why would you want to try to figure it out? But that's like what I think holds a lot of people back. Um, but the four agreements is a, is a really great book. I do recommend, cause I will get that question too in my DMS. What book do you recommend? And the first thing I say is what do you struggle with? I'm not going to recommend a book that works for me. I want to know what, what you're struggling with. Like you're struggling with mindset habits, whatever it is. So it definitely is a case by case basis. The four agreements is definitely one of those that I think everybody should read. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like confidence and like how I mentioned when Katie asked me about like, what did I do to get myself into a better place? Um, mastering your mean girl by Melissa Ambrosini is really great. If you just like are beating yourself up constantly, you have that bully in your head. Um, and then Gabby Bernstein's the universe has your back is a really great one. Um, I, since I hate reading and even though I still do it now, I, 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 I don't always enjoy it. I very much do audiobooks. I need to have somebody that's going to entertain me essentially. Like when they read, I can't read. Like I know uh, think and grow rich is like a big one. Like all the entrepreneurs um, read and I loved it. It definitely taught me things, but I had to muscle through that thing. Like I was like really struggling. So I like these books that have a little bit more like flair. They're more, I guess, like modern in a sense. Um, but those are really great. I love leadership books, anything John Maxwell, um, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership or good, good leaders ask great questions. That's a really great book. Even if you're not a leader, but like being a life coach or somebody that's coaching people, we tend to want to just like, they give us a problem and we tend to just want to give them advice and tips when you'll help them so much more by asking them questions and not only getting deeper to what they're really struggling with, but they help like people are going to almost like trust doing something more if they kind of think that like they're the ones that came up with it. So by asking more questions, they can kind of realize like, oh, I'm the one getting in my own way. Because if I tell you, hey, you're getting in your own way, you're like, in your head, you're like, whatever, I'm not kidding. (laughs) So doing that can be, you know, really, really helpful. Um, One of my favorite books for like habits and um, a lot of the the philosophies, I guess, I use within my one-on-one coaching is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I have oh, severe, yeah, it's so good. I have severe ADHD. I struggle hardcore. And a lot of the other books, because I've read so many books on productivity, that book is, is just so tangible. Like, I feel like I could apply the things and they really stuck with me. So that's a, that's a really great one. Um, I'm trying to, there's another book that I always recommend. I have a bunch <laughs> over here, but um I can't think of, I don't know if the, cause my brain doesn't just think of these lists of books. It's very specific to like what somebody's struggling with. And then the books more so come to mind. Um, cause I never like just recommending a book. So there's, gotcha. just, but yeah. I think when you talk about, um, morning routine being like, if you had to pick the secret sauce, that would, <laughs> that would be a big part of it. I was yeah. thinking about, um, a client I worked with like a few years back, I remember like she had kind of shifted her morning routine and was like meditating and journaling and reading and doing all these things. And I remember she came in one day and was like feeling so much better. And she was like, Katie, is it always going to be like, take this much work to feel okay? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that, but I know it does for me. Like if I don't, you know, Alexis, it's like, if I don't meditate and I don't go on a walk or I don't like, then I'm, I am that person that you described earlier with the toddler who's like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, so ungrounded and dysregulated. And so I think sometimes we're like, man, do we have to do, we have to read and listen to the podcast and journal and work out to feel okay. But I think life 
is so difficult and there's so many stressors and that, yeah, we kind of do have to take care of ourselves in order to show up that way. Um, how would you, how would you help someone who's like, man, like that is you're, you're doing a lot, Alexis. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to write something down so I didn't forget it. So there's a few things with that. And this is like where my tough love comes in. Um, because I, I like life is hard and you're going to struggle with, with some kind of hard, like, let's say for example, that you want to start a podcast and you're, or, or not even that, but like, maybe there's like a, a, a new job that you could make money with or a side hustle or something that you want to start, but you're like, that's really hard. That's scary. I have to dive into something that I'm not familiar with, but it's like what you're doing right now is hard living paycheck to paycheck, being unhappy. So you're living a hard either way. What hard are you going to choose? Do you want the hard of you don't have the freedom that you want? You're not making the money that you want. Your, your relationship is suffering because there's so much stress, or do you want this to be hard, which is still going to be hard, but you're going to have a lot more freedom and control that, that comes with it. So I think that that's the biggest piece is you just have to choose your heart. Um, but it also, but I do agree that yes, it is work. And that's why there's a smaller amount of people that are successful going back to what I said. It's not that people aren't, are incapable. You know, there's different certain scenarios where people grew up in a different place, different cultures, whatever, like that can definitely affect it for sure. Cause I I've made posts before where people are like, you know, you, you, you can't say that you don't know, you know, where I've come from. And I know that there's certain things, but there's also people that have proven, proven that wrong, but there's definitely like disclaimer. There definitely are situations where it's going to make it a lot harder, but you have to understand that if you want to be successful at whatever level you want to be successful at, it's going to be work all the time. Like nothing worth having just means you work at it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like you could just coast because you're either growing or dying. So I'd rather be growing than dying because I choose that as my heart than the other one. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. Choose your heart. I also saw something I loved on your website, which is man, like once um, woman or men, but what, you know, once women get a taste of like, Oh, my mind can feel good and my body can feel good. It's like, there's no going back. And you, you talk about like, it's supposed, it's supposed to feel good. <laughs> and there's this path of least resistance. Um, man, that's a game changer. Once you get a taste of that. Right. Yeah. It, and I think that it's, it's all about like figuring out what, you know, with the kind of going back to the doing 20 minutes, just 20 minutes before bed or, or after bed is it's about not overwhelming yourself. Cause, uh, another thing that people come to me is about having this like spiritual morning routine. Cause there's a bunch of things you can do, you know, meditation, affirmations, card pulling, um, you know, uh, journaling, whatever it is. And they go, it's just, it's just all, there's a lot. I don't really know where to start okay, pick one and start. You don't, there's some people started their spiritual journey with affirmation. Some people started it with meditations. And I think that again, when we get, when I talk about like figuring out the root of why it's not that you don't know where to start, it's that you feel like you're not going to do it right or whatever. And if people can just know that, like in order to feel good and to get a taste of that, you just have to do a little bit of it and then you'll figure it out. There's no, like, first you start with meditations, then you do affirmations and then you do this. It's, it's, it changes all the time. So I think when people want to get that little taste, they just have to know that it's just about taking the first step into whatever they're trying to do and then not overwhelming themselves, like add a little bit as you go, because the time is going to pass anyway. There's no need for you to try to overwhelm yourself. Cause sometimes that'll happen when they feel really good. And then they're like, get overwhelmed. And then, and then they stop because it's, it's hard to stay consistent. So, yeah. Ugh. And I feel like the first step of 
starting a spiritual morning is like just trusting your intuition on what, where do you want to start? Right. Cause it's yeah. sometimes it's like, we want the answer from our coach, like Alexis, where should I start? Or I'm Googling. Yeah. And it's like, no, we don't have the answer. It's like, what, what, that is the first spiritual step of like listening to that. And it, man, we're not good at that. No, no. Yeah. That's why I was talking about like the mind body connection. And I teach my clients that like, you know, one of, one of the things I get them to do because of one of the biggest reasons why people tend to procrastinate or self-sabotage is because for whatever reason, whether it's parents or past relationships, they have someone in their lives that kind of controlled their, that what they did, or their parents told them you have to go to, you gotta, you know, go to medical school or go get married and have kids. And it was very much like, you know, controlling in a sense. And so they grow up being the kind of person that like, they can never even make decisions without checking in. Like, oh, they want to buy a skirt. They have to text their friend. Like, do you think I should buy this? And they're constantly like checking in, like, you know, with their, their mentor or whoever, like, do you think I should do this? Do you think I should do this? Or I'm not sure. And they're only second guessing themselves. What I get them to do is I'm like, okay, for the next week, any decision that you make, just like, you're not allowed to ask anybody. You just have to go for it. I don't care if you're watching Netflix and you're like, should I watch this or this? The first thing that comes to mind, go for it. Cause you're flexing the, I trust myself muscle. And the more you do it, the easier it gets to trust that intuition. Because if you do it in one area where it's a little bit easier, cause it's hard to say, Hey, let's work on your intuition with like something, you know, really big or like a hard decision. Start it with something small. Like you don't go back and forth of what Netflix show you want to watch or what you want to eat for dinner. Just Think of the first decision and go with it. And then you start to make it a little bit easier and then it gets easier to do it in the bigger areas. Yeah. Oh, I love that. My coach um, always said like, as you're going through a light, just like even trusting, is it going to turn, is it going to turn yellow or red? Like just even like silly things like that of just yeah. like, yeah, flexing the muscle to use your term. I love that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So good. Alexis, I want to ask you a little bit about um, your energy. You are like so full of life, so energetic. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious two things. I'm curious one, like, was your energy always like this? Or is this like, like back within the days when you were living out of your car, did you still have this like bubbly, crazy excitement and energy? You said you're ADHD. And then two, you know, what about people that are listening or that work with you? And they're like, oh yeah, that's great, Alexis. You have such amazing energy. It's so easy, but I don't have the energy to do all of that. Yeah. So um, I when I tell my story, I like to share that, like from the minute I was born to right before I got into that relationship, that was emotionally abusive. I've always been like this mm -hmm. high energy. I'm I, my, my, my voice is loud and deep. I talk a lot. My poor fiance, like he's the opposite. Like he always, well, I can talk for forever. And he's like, I love it because I don't like talking and you do. So you talk for the both of us. So like, I've always been this super high energy like in, I remember in school, like we didn't like follow the leader. I would always be like, pick me, pick me. Like I've always been that way. Very extroverted, love talking to people. Um, but then once I got into that emotionally abusive relationship, I became a shell of a person, like didn't talk to friends. Cause it was very much like who you, you can't hang out with your friends. Who are you hanging out with? I need to know the passwords for everything. Like very controlling. So I got to the point where I just like didn't do anything. Cause it was easier to not have to check in with him in order to do things. <clears throat> so from about because it was like 21 to 23. It was about like two years. I like, even my family, like didn't recognize who I was. Um, there was one point before I left from the East coast to the West coast with him, my parents who are separated, they have a good relationship, but they're separated. They brought me to dinner. I did. I, my mom was bringing me, my dad walked in, didn't know he was coming. And they basically like interventioned me. And they were like, we don't want you to go. He's abusive. You don't see it. Like you need to see it. And I, I was so like, 
not the same person. I just sat there while my dad cried and I've seen him cry twice in my life um, while he cried and like basically begged me not to go. And I was like, no, I'm going. And so for that period of time, I was not this. So once I got my, and slowly started to get myself back, I feel like I've even, I've grown even more into, uh, knowing myself and having, you know, the energy and whatever. And I'm very much, I I teach this a lot, like with, within my Instagram, I think it's a lot of reason why people are uh, like drawn to me. They're people who do like me because there's lots of people that don't, Um, but I don't care. I don't care if you like me or you don't like me. I I care in the sense of I care about people, but like, I'm going to show up and be who I am on social media. And I don't really care what people think. And bringing to the the second question that you have about like, that's great that you have energy or you're excited or you, you have this outgoing personality, but I don't. First, I always say like you be the person that you want to be. If, if, if you really like being introverted and, you know, not being loud and out loud and all that stuff, then that's fine. Then be proud and happy for that work on yourself, but don't feel like you have to be like me in order to be successful or do anything. Cause I know lots of successful people that I'm friends with that are completely introverted, the complete opposite of me. Um, so that's the first thing. But the second thing is I like to question and just challenge people, um, and say, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm right, but like, I'll use the example. People will come to me and they'll say, I want to grow my social media, but I just, I don't like taking pictures of myself. It's just not my thing. And so I say, I'm not saying I'm right, but do you think that it's not, it's that you just, you know, you're not the kind of person that take pictures. You're not the kind of person that shares yourself on social media, or do you not have the confidence enough to do it yet? And I've worked with so many people that told me that we worked on their confidence and their self-worth and their, I don't give a fuck what people think about me muscle. And they blossom into this person that they thought they just weren't, but it's no, you just didn't have the confidence and self-worth. Cause I truly think that that's what holds people back from saying, I don't have that energy. It's that you are worried that if you come out with that energy, people are going to think you're crazy or you, you know, do this or that, that like, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're not worthy or you're whatever. And I really think it's a confidence and self-worth issue. But again, then it goes back to, if you're cool with like being, you know, a little bit more diluted in a set, not in a bad way, then that's cool. But make sure you check in with yourself because life is a lot more fun when you just have fun and you don't care what people think. Um, so yeah, so hopefully that makes sense. It does. It does. One more question to follow up on that about like, you know, someone who's wanting to make changes in their life and they can't do it. And, and, um, you know, but they just like the, the issue of having like energy to get started or right. It's just like, it's not that they, they just, they just feel like lethargic or dark. Like I know I've been dark places in my life before where I'm depressed and it's just like your body is just sucked of energy. Right. And so like, how do you help people work to get that energy moving so that they can then, you know, move forward and make the changes that you guys want to make together? Yeah. So that's a, that's a good question. So it's just like the personal development, it's going to be a lot different. So I, when I, when I talk with people and we're doing like our first meeting, I try to get a gauge about like, where is their, where's their really tough spots where they're going to fight. There's going to be a lot of resistance against and where are the places where they might be a little bit more open to exploring. So I might have somebody who is in that dark place. Mm -hmm. So we can either jump more into the mindset side of things. Mm -hmm. They could have a lot of resistance in that. And they're just like, okay, like, I know you want me to do this, but like, what is this going to do? Um, which most of the time, like I always say, like my one-on-one coaching is not for everybody. You have to at least be in a place of openness in order to work with me one-on-one, because if you're going to have a ton of resistance, like 
you're, it's it's the, the it's not going to work. There can be some, but but anyway. So if if they have a lot of resistance on the mindset side, but they're a little bit more open to like working on the wellness side, mm-hmm. then I'll say let's dive into that first because I'm all about. I learned this when I got my holistic health certification. They teach about this this idea of crowding out. So they use it. Uh, you can use it with anything, but for the example of like let's say you're smoking cigarettes, instead of getting a client and they're smoking cigarettes and they're like I want to quit and trying to get them to like do the nicotine patch or you know cut it out cold turkey. We don't even touch it on it. We just crowd out the behavior by putting a bunch of good things in because they're going to feel so good that they're not going to want to do it anymore. And that also helps them be the ones that kind of just make that decision. It feels more natural. So we would do something like that. Like if they have more resistance to the mindset side of things, it's like, let's start like cleaning up your nutrition. Let's start moving your body because you're going to feel better. You're going to have more serotonin. You're going to have more dopamine. You're going to have more of those, those chemicals that your body is currently lacking by focusing on that. So I will probably, and it really is going to be different. Like some people, we have to start really small. Like maybe they just do some 15 minute stretching when they wake up in the morning. Maybe they start something as simple. Maybe their nutrition and, and moving their body is, is not there. And maybe their mindset isn't there, but they can start with doing the 20 minutes without their phone. Like it, it can be as small as it needs to be, but it, it really is dependent on where they are. So again, it could be the other way around. They're super resistant to like, you know, the nutrition and fitness side of things, but they're a little bit more open to the meditation or the affirmation. So it's really meeting them where they're at. Um, and if somebody's doing this on their own, ask yourself, like, what, what am I willing to do? Like, I can't even imagine reading a freaking book. Like I know I should, but whatever, but I'm willing to work out a bit more. You know what I mean? So it's meeting yourself and giving yourself grace and not trying to do it like anybody else. It's where am I at? How can I start in that way? Right. I love that. Um, before we let you go today, will you share a little bit about um, the different coaching um, options that people have if they wanted to seek you out to work with you? And then also about, I've heard you post about, um, you know, your tough love approach and that not being for everyone and how you go about identifying if someone's right to work with you. Yeah. So um, I offer like uh, online um, group coaching because my one-on-one coaching, I only take six clients at a time. So my group coaching is more of a focus on nutrition workouts, and you can really join with anything. I don't force somebody to have to do like a specific workout plan and a specific nutrition plan and this and that it's more of like, we're going to chat and figure out what do you want the most? What do you want to focus on? Do you want to do the whole thing? Or do you just want to focus on nutrition? Because again, I like to meet people where they're at. If they're really like, I don't want to touch workouts right now. Cause some people don't, and that's okay. I don't want to try to force them to do workouts if they don't want too. So that's more of a group setting. It's online, you know, accountability group. I do it in, there's like one in an app and one, um, like on Facebook. So, cause some people don't have Facebook. So that's kind of where that is. Um, and there's still some tough love in there. I, you know, I go live and, and share some tips and tricks, but it's a much more of a focus on just like nutrition, fitness mindset. Um, and then my one-on-one coaching program, it is by application only all the links are in my bio, but, um, it's application only. So I don't approve everybody that applies. I'm really looking, there's certain questions. So to figure out like who is ready for that, uh, tough love. And I'm, I'm, I always tell people, I'm not going to ever be mean to you, but I'm going to tell you the things that you don't want to hear that are the reason why you're not where you want to be. And so I'm looking for those people who like, know that they need to hear that and might even not want to hear it, but they're willing to hear it because they know that they're ready to move past that. So the application process, like I'll read that. And if I can tell in your answers that like, I can just tell, like you're not ready for that. I always recommend my 90 minute sessions. So they're essentially the same. What I created when I created this program was something called the ICB roadmap. It's identify, confront, 
breakthrough. So I kind of do the same thing in my two month program, my two month one-on-one coaching program, as I do my 90 minute sessions, my 90 minute sessions are just really crunched down. And it's more of like, we're going to set you up for success, but good luck, go do it on your own. The one-on-one coaching program is very much about we're digging deeper on these things where, you know, we're, we're holding you accountable to these things. So it's in the first part, it's identify We're identifying why the hell are you self-sabotaging? What is getting in the way? What's the deeper reason why not the surface level confront? I'm very big on helping my clients create comfort zone checklists where like after the first few calls, we make a list of the things that you're like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that, but I know I need to do that. Oh shit. Like I'm going to poop my pants if I do this type of thing. And so I like, I call it like a hot sauce meter. So, you know, you have like a bottle of hot sauce and they have like the meter on the back about like how spicy it is. It's like, okay, what's your kind of spicy? What's your really spicy? What's your, Oh my God, this is going to make me, you know, my eyes water type of spicy. And so we create that. And then we confront those, those things and I hold you accountable to them. And we do that. And then the B is breakthrough. And that's where we kind of, we've identified why you're self-sabotaging, we get it out of the way. We're confronting, we're getting you outside your comfort zone. So you're building that, that self-trust, that confidence. And then we kind of make a game plan for you, a really customized plan for like your top two or three goals. And I have people from all over the place. I have clients that or want to start a YouTube channel, want to just get better with like emotional eating. Um, I have somebody that is trying to like, just, uh, get better with their wellness, but also start like the side hustle. So it really is a range. There's a, a, a cadence to my program, but it's very much also customized to whatever the person wants to do, but it's still that theme around like, why are you self-sabotaging? Let's confront those things and let's break through to the other side. And the way I like to say it, and again, this is the same for my 90 minute sessions and same for my one-on-one coaching program is our goal is to get these things out of the way. Um, because my ideal client isn't someone that doesn't know really how to do these things. They're the people that do know, but they're not doing it. So we get all this crap out of the way. We help you build some trust with yourself. So then when we break through, you start to do the things that you needed to do before, but with a different pair of glasses on and with a different perspective. And it's not just a bandaid on the problem anymore. You've fixed that. And now you can actually take action. These things are habits. They become second nature versus feeling like they're pulling teeth. So, so yeah, so that's kind of like the, the process again, 90 minute sessions is similar to my two month program. It's just obviously crunched down. Um, so if you do get approved in the application for my one-on-one coaching program, then we hop on a 30 minute call. And then I kind of, it's kind of almost like an interview slash getting an idea of where they're at. And then if I feel that they're a good fit, then, then we can go forward. If not, I always recommend the, the 90 minute session. So yeah. Gotcha. I love your approach and all those different options. Um, I, I can't remember if I saw Do you only work with women? Um, I'm open to, to work with men. I've got, I sometimes get like messages from guys that want to work with me and then I'll talk to them and it's very clear that they're just trying to be creepy. Um, but so like, I kind of have like a message like a, that I will send to people that like, I've already like typed up because I've just dealt with creeper people. And I'm like, listen, if you're serious about wanting to work with me, super down. But if you're just going to try to hit on me, just letting you know, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> I haven't worked with men. I have like coached them like within like my group settings and whatnot, but I definitely would be open to, um, I, I find that women tend to need the tough love more because men working with men, like they're very much, not that they can't use the tough love, but they, they're less, they, they seem to let their emotions less like in there. They kind of just like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know what I mean? Right, so right. not that like saying like stereotypical like, women are so emotional and men aren't, but like in the sense of kind of like, they just, you tell them what to do and they do it. 
a lot of my approach is kind of more like the emotional side of things and digging deep into that. And so like, not that men don't need it because I'm sure that they do, but um, that's to kind of just, I guess, why I've mainly worked with them, but I always would be open to, to work with men if they're down. Gotcha. Thank you so much. I feel like when you talk about tough love, like what I hear is just, you speak truth. And I am like all about seeking truth, speaking truth, and everything you said just resonates so deeply with me. Um, So thank you for the work you're doing in the world. And you're an inspiration to me. And it's been really cool talking to you today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think the the tough love thing is like, and not everybody's likes tough love because they're and usually if you fight against tough love is because you're not fully ready to like hear that stuff just yet and that's okay i'm never gonna force anybody to do that but the tough love approach is again just going back to that like i see so much potential in every single person that i talk to that it's more of just like i want to grab you and shake you and be like you can do this like get out of your own way like and but i'm loving hard on you and saying those things that like just need to be said so yeah Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. This is a super interesting conversation on so many levels. Uh, So yeah, please tell our listeners where, where they can find you. Yeah. So it's funny that you said my website, I'm like, I feel I'm like working on creating like a brand new one. So I'm like, Oh my God, like don't look at my website. It's not really great. It looks so good. It looks good. It's I'm, I've been in the works to like launch my, my new one. I just, I just haven't yet. Um, but you know, you can go to my website, just one fit coconut.com. And then my Instagram is just one fit coconut, just one word. I'm getting married in October. So I'm waiting, I've been waiting to just like change my name. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm waiting till I get my name changed. So it will be Alexis McCluskey, but for right now, it's just one fit coconut and my email is one fit coconut, pretty much anywhere, like uh, at all. You can just find me at one fit coconut. And I think I'm on TikTok as like underscore Lex, like L E X Renee, R E N E E. And I like made that for fun, but then now I have like 20 plus like thousand in, or TikTok followers. I love TikTok. TikTok's a blast. <laughs> so you can find me on there too, but yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much. It was awesome chatting with you today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. And then to our listeners, you can follow us on Instagram at the space underscore between podcast and on Facebook at the space between podcast. We will see you on the path.